Welcome to Thrones and Scones. It's your weekday morning podcast where we talk about Game of Thrones over breakfast with you, the listener. Today, season seven, episode one, Dragonstone. And uh, here to chit chat about it, we've got Tony, Hans, and Jeremy. You guys, it was a, it, it's like a nine second intro. It's a very, it's been the same layout. And why do I feel like in the last week, week and a half, I've just not been able to do it at all. I, I don't know because I feel like season season seven like get, let's get it done like it feels so good to be here because this is such a good first episode. Um, I mean, we get probably the introduction of the most important character ever, and I think we all knew who I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me just tell you, we already meant Sir Pounds. Yeah, yeah, no. Just like uh, we have, uh, we have this this voice that is like straight from heaven. Oh, I can't wait to get into it. <laughs> Just to remind people what uh, <coughs> what happens here in the episode. Should I give you a little plot recap? Please. Does it matter? Uh, I think I think I've got one today. Oh, go give it. Okay. <clears throat> I gotta think. Uh, <clears throat> I gotta think how to best do it here, though. Hold on, hold on. G- give me, give me just a second. Um, yeah, so the uh, the episode was pretty pretty fantastic. Talisi, mm. Hans, I want you to put a sweet sweet edge on that blade. <laughs> on my letter opener. On your letter, I can't wait. It's All gonna right. be awesome. I got it. I got it. <sighs> All right, season seven, episode one, Dragonstone. <clears throat> Jon Snow organizes the defense of the North. Cersei tries to even the odds. Samwell discovers crucial information. Daenerys comes home. And that's the end. (laughs) And in this ep, we see my boy. He sings to Maisie Williams. It's Ed Sheeran. We see him here, and everyone loved it. That's what they said online. Yeah, Ed Sheeran will sit on the Iron Throne. (laughs) (laughs) It was a roundabout way of getting there, but (laughs) was that like a Michael Jackson impression? I love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's where I get a strong Michael Jackson. (laughs) <laughs> oh, ah, Annie, are you okay? <laughs> you got the, the A-team. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to talk about Michael Jackson anymore either. Yeah, that's a Jeez. rough special. <laughs> I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? Yeah, I, uh, I just watched it recently. It is... It's so interesting to me, like the attention span thing, because this will have to disappear, because it's nothing new. It's just compiled into yeah. this thing. And all the things they, that they're saying have already been released technically and talked about. Um, and I feel like, but when it's all like just thrown in your face, you're like, holy yeah. shit, that's messed up. Like, yeah. how was that person not in jail a very long time ago? I had a little bit of this argument with somebody um, like just a month ago, maybe about, I think we all kind of forget how much the world had written off Michael Jackson before he died. Um, like, I think there's this idea that his big, this is it tour was like, 
was like a culmination of an incredible career when it really kind of seemed at the time like, I mean, people were into it, but it was like, you know, hey, I've had a rough patch. <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's get back to the music and, and do this. No, I think we kind of just let that slide. Oh, man. The House of Cards actor, Kevin. Um, Kevin Spacey. Yeah. How bad do you think it's going to be for him? I have not heard from him. I would not imagine that that changes in the next couple of years. You think it's going to be that long? Yeah. You think it's going to be like a, um, well, who would be an example of an actor? Problem, uh, yeah. Because the problem is Kevin Spacey. Is accused of, of rape, right? That's that's the thing. I don't, yeah, I don't remember these specific allegations. There were a number of them. Kevin Spacey owned up to some of it. And again, uh, apologies. Anything that I get wrong is simply a facet of me not having the information at hand. And it's been a little while. Um, so I'm in no way trying to libel anybody. But uh, yeah, there were there were a number of accusations. And he'd come out and said like, hey, the situations didn't seem this way, blah, blah, blah. Um, taking a level of responsibility for his own actions, then kind of coming out in a move that was just widely seen to try and draw attention away from everything, didn't work, uh, and then just kind of went quiet. Like, Kevin Spacey handled it very poorly. Yeah. Um, and while it's a terrible situation, and obviously he put himself there in the first place, and then, you know, how he handles it shouldn't necessarily be the thing that we're talking about. Um, but I think that you're seeing people like, and I won't even compare their actions, but people like Aziz Ansari, who I think the Aziz on the Aziz story was like, people were just swept up in, in anything. And that seemed like a very much like, Oh no, I didn't get that vibe at all. And mm -hmm. I'm really sorry if you did. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like there was a week or two when people didn't buy it. And then we kind of backed off because it seemed like. Seems like okay, no, that that's on that's on the up and up. This is fucking deep, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was not prepared. I was I was uh, was prepared to talk about Ed Sheeran and how he made Game of Thrones better. And um, hey, we just jumped in some Michael Jackson drama. But, but see, yeah, returning to another another. It is land. an interesting. Like we're starting to see uh, Aziz kind of tiptoeing around it, but he's doing the thing now where he's kind of, you know, being very vocal about what happened and trying to have conversations and then you have the thing like louis ck who's coming out and i don't know if you guys have read the stories but he's like going out and doing shows and making jokes about it which seems a little stupid stupid yeah his um, god i just feel like his that's stuff something was, he'll get sued his stuff for. was like fucked up too it was very <laughs> weird um it's very weird not that it's not all messed up but his was yeah. particularly strange Hans, you got that cranberry bubbly or that strawberry bubbly? <clears throat> I'm rocking cranberry bubbly today. Delicious. It's, it's it's all right. It's not my favorite. Oh, it's I love It's not cranberry. even on my top five, to be honest. We've already gone over this. Ugh, yeah, I know. Hateful. The cranberry one is so good, but I have... Somebody gave me a case of the strawberry one because they didn't like it. And to be fair, I don't really like it either, but whatever. <laughs> but it's red, and the cranberry one is red, and they're both in my cabinet. And I grabbed the wrong one the other day, and... Oh my, was that a disappointment? <laughs> I I'm surprised we talked about this already. I'm surprised you have orange so low. I'm a big yeah. I'm actually a pretty big fan of the orange. It's okay. It's all right. It's just kind of boring to me. That's fair. Here's mm -hmm. the thing. I am I am a lover of the color orange, not necessarily the flavor orange. <laughs> the flavor <laughs> orange is good and fine, but then why like, then why do you have so many oranges in your fridge? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> 
Jeremy missed all of that. Was that was before he even got on the yeah. on the channel here, like Jeremy? Let me, let me tell me you. So Hans was showing off his new Sekiro letter opener, and I had that Sweet. tiny little tiny little long claw Game of Thrones sword that I got for Christmas. Yeah, for my brother, and I put it on top of my fridge because I didn't know where to put it, and it looked good up there, and the cat couldn't get to it. So I was like, okay, cool. Well. Every time I open and close the fridge, it falls down. And it's been there since December, and I haven't moved it. So it's like I was telling us, I was like, you know, it's just a, it's just kind of a moment in life when it happens. And I, I sigh a little bit, and then I just, I'm like, you know what? No, it's, this is my time to reevaluate. This is a lesson in patience. I have to take the sword. I have to pick it back up, set it up properly, back to where its place is meant to be, and reflect on this time that I have and the fact that I have this time and you know the important things in life. And then I go into the fridge <laughs> like I intended to in the first place, <laughs> take out an orange microwave it and fuck it. Like, <laughs> the important things in life. <laughs> uh, what else do you want to do when you're feeling all zen out? <laughs> <laughs> Man, microwaving an orange. That's a rough Not too much, though. My gosh. I know. I was going to say, all that juice. It is, yeah, it's so, it's such a pulpy fruit. It will go molten in a heartbeat. You're like, this is all that line. That line of of, of citrusy danger. Oh, man. I get that sweet, hard flesh on the end, though. I mean, it's kind of nice, right? You guys push through. Make sure to de-seed it as well, because if, if the if the teardrop end of any oh. of those seeds gives you a little cut in the process, um, well, let's just say. <laughs> uh, I just love that 25% of our audience is your parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just... My parents, my parents taught me at a young age to use context clues and to critically think. And why the hell else do they call them navel oranges if they're not <laughs> supposed to be down in that area of the body? Like, <laughs> why do they call them navel oranges? I'm not sure. Is, that, no is, it, is the end supposed to look like a belly button? Is that it? I've had these, the Buddha fruit lately. Have you had that? Is that the weird finger-looking thing? Oh no no no, not the Buddha fruit. Sorry, the sumo fruit. It looks I don't like know what that is. It looks like a, a a sumo wrestle, except it's an orange, and it is delicious. Is this the one that you said you bought, and it was like twelve dollars for three of them? Yes. Yeah. Okay, but it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. <laughs> it's, it's my grocery budget, but <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it still sounds worth it. You just uh, you do anything with them, or are you just eating them? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> depends. So, so, my mood. <laughs> navel oranges get their name from the navel-like spot that is found on the blossom end of the fruit. This happens because they are connected when they first bloom, similar to conjoined twins. <laughs> what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> now you tell me this is going to totally so that, go on our porn site. <laughs> that is why they're called... That's so weird. Then why don't we call them? Like, they're, why are they English cucumbers and not dick cucumbers? <laughs> like, if we're just naming things like that. You should be. Oh my God! Speaking Absolutely. of dick-like things, sea cucumbers—that is messed up when you mess with them and they shoot off that sperm-like line. Have you seen that? Oh, YouTube, no. YouTube sea cucumber, like pissed <laughs> off. It like is shooting streams of uh, white stuff everywhere. 
Oh my gosh. I gotta I have my phone. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it. I feel like I feel I've like seen this is all thing. connected to Ed Sheeran. Yeah. It might be connected to Ed Sheeran, you know? He's got he's got lyrics that go deep into your heart and touch all sorts of subjects that you didn't even realize. I do wanna for anyone who might be catching as we have learned, people who watch the show through us, what a terrible choice. But thank you for listening. Um in this episode, toward the end, Aria is uh, trotting down the King's Road, and uh, you hear a very familiar voice. And I do think, straight, this is the problem with the scene. Rob touched on it a while back. Um, it, the issue with the scene in general is the fact that you hear him like it's an album recording off screen. And it's so odd and so out of place, and he's singing the... Uh, for any book readers, it's the song that's written about Tyri- Tyrion uh, and Shay. And and then Arya comes across him and says, I've never heard that song. And he goes, it's a new one, blah, blah, blah. Beyond that, had they just thrown him into the uh, scene, it would have been fine. If he just had his couple speaking lines, it would have been funny. It would have been fine. It would have been whatever. Even if they had them just singing as a group entirely, it would have been fine. Maybe even if he was singing and it didn't sound like a professional studio recording, it, it would have been better. Yeah. But uh, you guys have given me a lot of shit about it on a reviewing. What did you think? Well, I so just again, for just real quick context, mm-hmm. you get the singing as if it's, you know, as if literally a CD is playing and yeah. someone's like listening through the boom box, you know? And then... Uh, and then it cuts like z- zoomed in as possible right on his face. It's yeah. like really just like it's Ed, it's Ed Sheeran, everybody. Check it out. <laughs> like, it was. Yeah, it was very intense, <clears throat> which is very odd. They hadn't done this with anyone before. They haven't done it since. And then the scene like is fine, but I kept waiting for something to happen and then it just didn't. And then. I kind of thought, oh, well, it's probably going to go back to that scene and kind of round it out. And then it didn't. And then I was like, oh, maybe that's the next episode. And then it wasn't. (laughs) And then that was just it. I had had such a... I I try to defend my boy, you know? Ed Sheeran gets a lot of hate he doesn't deserve. He's a great fella. Um, I love him. I would would replace my orange with him any day. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And Ed Sheeran... um, does kind of ruin this scene in the sense that it's not him being there. It's the choice that made with him singing and everything. Um, the scene is really good and kind of a very cool emotional beat and a nice lesson to be learned for Aria and the audience. Uh, and he does distract from it wholeheartedly because I don't think I've ever had a discussion with somebody about the actual context of the scene, which is Aria having dinner with Lannister soldiers who are like the nicest people ever. And they're just like, yeah, we're just soldiers in a war just trying to feed our families and shit. <laughs> and it's, you expect it, as you say, like you expect something to turn, they're going to attack or she's going to kill them and nothing ever happens. And it's a really kind of cool... Uh, beat that strives to break the the black and white of this war and the only thing anyone's ever said about it is you guys you guys see that stupid ed sheeran cameo yeah i agree i think he i think the scene would have been better without him there not that i again i don't think he did bad like i think his acting or his few lines are fine but again i agree if they would have just cut out if they didn't have him singing it would have been much better if it was just yeah uh, kind of, and it would have been cooler too to have it much more subtle. Uh, but anyway, yeah. 
Just like, just like he's in, he's one of the background guys in the circle, and the camera's never even in focus on him. So you just have to go like, is that it? <laughs> You're never quite sure. Yeah. Oh, it would have been. Was was that your guys's least favorite moment of the show? Honestly, think, yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, didn't mark it down as mine, just because I do think the scene is redeeming in and of itself. No, I mean, um, like, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, I, I, actually, I do agree with you in the sense that the uh the the part like the understanding like look this is not the soldiers war they have no choice they're just not and like when yet when they're getting mass slaughtered it very humanizes this war that is not been that way portrayed right it's all these houses that are like nope we are we're standing behind our king of our north we're standing behind this um and we are we we would die for this and these guys are like we kind of got no fucking choice but to do this like it's not like we wanted to be here um and then they're like, you know, hey, here's a traveler. We're not trying to rape and kill and pillage her like some of the other experiences we've had with the Lannister soldiers. Um, remember prior when uh, when Arya was even with the Hound and they were in that that uh, whatever that keep and they were talking about chickens and all that shit. Um, so I don't know. That was cool, but but the uh, I just feel like it it feels so cheesy putting Ed in there. Yeah, and it just so so in such a cool show and such a what I would say a cool moment, it just it doesn't help it, and because it doesn't help it, it kind of ruins that moment. Yeah, Yeah. just so that we can move on. It's not quick. It's not my least favorite. I'll say that I have another moment that's worse. I want to just move on as friends, uh, but before we can, I will just need you guys to go ahead and say that Ed Sheeran is a very talented uh, human being in whatever words you'd like to but an honest sentiment expressed to me right yeah. now. When he swing, when he sings with T-Swift, it is magic. Okay. Hans? Yeah, he's a talented dude. Okay, cool. Thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> Hans, what was your least favorite part? My least favorite part is friggin' punk rock urine, urine Greyjoy. Mm. Oh, this, this, this a-hole. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> what a wardrobe choice. <laughs> it's lovely skin-tight black leather. <laughs> Waltzing into the throne room, um, uh, an odd scene all around. Yeah, uh, I I didn't really. The King's Landing stuff confused me. I did mark down the scene. I think it's right before, um, as my favorite part, which is Cersei, because Cersei is right now is playing this very interesting game. She's she's obviously walked off some sort of emotional ledge and we can hardly blame her for that. So she's she's going nuts and she's ready to go. And it seems like she's got this plan and I think she does, but we see from like her conversations with Jamie and stuff, um, she doesn't even really know what game they're playing. Like <laughs> she doesn't even know what is about to take place. She only knows that she's all in. Um, and I, I love the fact that normally this would be a big flaw in something, we're like, oh, this doesn't make sense. They're just setting up to be bad. Now she's like, they've they've given her her motivations, they've kind of established what she's going for, and now she is freely admitting, you know, in confidence, but still, that she doesn't know what's about to happen. She's just, what other choice does she have? Here she is. She's gonna, she's gonna, you know, she's in or out, but she's ready to to die for this. It's great. Yeah, yeah it's a good, it's a great scene. I, I thought that was really good. Not my favorite. Not my nope. favorite either. Nope. Jeremy, you want to go first? Uh, I mean, Arya. We talked about this at the end of last season. Um, how stoked I was and super satisfying 
when she is laying down some Walter Frey and just like, you know, everyone's there, has invited all the other Freys and family that were involved in the Red Wedding. And just the speech is so good. Like I look how just laying it on thick. And then the whole um, sharing the wine with the wife. So she spares, I don't know if she spares the servants and just the, the wives yeah, or if it's, I think I, so. well, anyway, uh, the North remembers tell, tell, tell them something like the North remembers, tell them winter, winter came or winter is here yeah. or something. I was like, what a badass line for this scene. Uh, so I really, I don't know. That was mine. I enjoyed it. How does she change size? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, she hunches down. That's something I've never understood about the faceless men. It's like they obviously change body type and very quickly. But then when they pull the face off, it's, I don't know. I don't get it. So there's obviously there's some, it, some element yeah. of magic has to be involved. There must I would agree. be. Because um, even just putting the face on anyway wouldn't work because it's just skin. Like you still need the bone structure to look like that person. So there's got to be something else at play there. Perhaps we'll never know. Maybe it will. I don't know. Um, Hans, what was your favorite moment? That was actually my favorite moment, too. But yours too. I'll throw in a uh, runner-up just to Please. have something to talk about. Yeah, give it. Uh, give it. I'll, also, I have a question about that scene before I move on, uh, just to build some suspense. <gasps> the Is this the first scene we get before the intro song? Uh, no, because I thought about that last, uh, last season at some point. Um, the hound thing when he's in the camp. That happens, and then the intro plays. And in my head, I'm, I was like, is that normal? But I was like, it must be. And then when I was watching the next episode, it just did the previously on, and then it did the intro, and I went, wait, what? Because then, so then for a second, I thought that the hound had actually happened in an episode, and I missed it, and it was so. Yeah, I got very It, it doesn't happen all the time, but it has happened before. Okay, so it does happen. I, I probably honestly miss a lot of those scenes then, because I usually just, I'm just slamming for, fast mm-hmm. forward until I get to the end of the song. Um, oh, you fast forward the song. Yeah, I fast forward the song. It's one thing I've literally never done. Really? You mm-hmm. listen to that every, even when you're binging, you listen to that song every time? Every time. I can't listen. If I listen to it, I will be, the problem is I just can't. Jenna will kill me because if I listen to it, I will nonstop be singing Tiny Weep. No, <laughs> the whole week, like it, it will not go yeah, away. Fair, All I can think about is the South Park, South Park bit. So I just can't. I'm not. I'm not allowed. Basically, uh, I did. I she's did never. As I was. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, go ahead. I did notice as I was watching it the other day. I have a lot of respect for whoever has like just a little bit of uh, of you know some sort of compulsion to really make things line up. When it's going through like the, the song and you're going through all the bits. When we get to the Iron Islands and it zooms in and it's like Pike, blah, blah, blah. And the island's kind of spinning up and then there's those three towers and they're coming up. And it's like... And it's perfectly in sync with the drums when they hit like... Oh, it's oh it makes me so happy. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great intro. I don't, I don't dislike it. I just... I, uh, I avoided for the sake of my relationship, <laughs> which is right, probably rightfully so. Uh, uh, so then um, my uh, my runner-up, just a, a little moment I did enjoy. Not my favorite, but a great moment. Uh, when Brienne is training Podrick, uh, we get back to what has apparently become my favorite character now, right? Uh, I just yeah. love when Tormund goes, lucky man, <laughs> when she mm-hmm. fucking knocks him over. Funny stuff. 
And they get, they get, I mean, they, they don't really speak, but they get kind of close. Yeah. Bran looks very concerned. <laughs> uh, it's, it's I like how Tormund is always like looking over his mustache at people. Like, it's like <laughs> he like leans back and his eyes get big when he's excited. I'm like, that's right, you ginger, you giant ginger. <laughs> Did you guys hear that truck with the giant dick outside? (laughs) (laughs) What what did you guys uh, think overall of the episode, though? Because I I feel like not a ton really happened. Oh, really? I thought this was a really good episode. I thought it was solid enough. Um, I think I remember being a little bit more disappointed because they had just announced that it was a short season and I expected them to come a little harder right out the gate. I mean, the Arya thing being the first thing we see was, I was all in. Uh, and then we kind of, I didn't appreciate the conflicts between John and Sansa and then down the road Sansa and Arya at the time. Um, now, knowing what it builds to a little bit more and just accepting the fact that this is pretty much how it should be happening um, I'm I'm liking it more this this go round. Okay. I still find it a little cringy when John and Sansa kind of seem to have this fabricated conflict with each other. Um, but I, I'm appreciating it a little bit more. Sure. Yeah. I enjoyed the Winterfell section in the show from a standpoint of when the the Car Stark and I can't think of the other house kids are um, are kind of like you know oh, yeah. swearing their allegiance and it was kind of like. Kind of like the uh, the Lady Mormont kind of same thing. Like I'm looking forward to like them giving you know like these speeches as well. Um, I don't know. I thought that was good. And then um, another part I thought was really because I like the Hound. I liked his character. I liked him with him when him and Arya. I liked the whole section where now he's joined. Um, God, who were they called? The um, the Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Yeah. So uh, it's. When I first watched it, I didn't recognize that house initially as where the the farmer and their and his daughter were, you know, where he left them essentially penniless. Yeah. Um, which I would argue maybe if he wouldn't let them penniless, maybe they wouldn't be dead. <laughs> right. I think that's probably what's going through his head. Uh, I mean, so when he says, oh, they're going to die, it's like, well, yeah, but they could have used that silver to have bought food maybe and survived it. I don't know. So that whole scene where he tries to kind of give uh petence or whatever to it and uh says something nice uh i thought that was good because i i like his character i like that he sees again i'm not again the lord of the flame Uh, i like that he sees the future kind of in the fire sees the castle and the walk in the walking dead if you will um but but, uh yeah no if you ask me the winterfell was good i agree with you it it feels a bit i don't know pushed for the whole sansa john thing but then with Peter Baelish still there smiling and like getting off and on where he thinks he's still in control, that was kind of satisfying for me because I'm like, you know, I, I, I know I know what's coming. Yeah. So yeah, every you, every creepy smile just kind of makes me chuckle a little bit now. <laughs> do you think that when the hound saw in the fire saw the walking dead, do you think it was like the whole first season or season? <laughs> Um, I think it probably I think it probably stopped before like season five because otherwise he would have been like eh, f- I'm Fuck done it. with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think honestly even if he just well if he stopped at season two too he probably wouldn't won't keep watching you know so it's a rough season. You didn't like you didn't like the second season? No, it's just that's the prison, right? No, the second season is where just they're in uh, um, 
guy's house the whole time. They're just like at the farm. At the oh, Herschel. Herschel's oh, I farm. liked that season nah. where Carl gets shot. I like that season. I could nah. just never get into it. it never, it never like. Who's, what's John Bernthal? Doesn't he die in that season? Spoiler. Who's John Bernthal? He's uh, the Punisher guy. Mm, yes, he does. Yes, I like that Punisher. season. Yeah, I liked, I liked his character a lot. I, I understand the conflict and why he probably needed to go, uh, and how they built it. But I, I would have liked a little more of of his character. He's a good actor. Good you character. liked his character. I fucking hated Shane. Well, he was like, he was the guy you kind of hate though. Yeah, but I just didn't. I thought he was gonna turn around. I thought he was gonna like end up being yeah. like a decent dude, but yeah. it would. They just went a different way with it, which is fine. I still mm. ended up watching the show through season four or five. I don't know. Is it still on? I think it's still on. Yeah. Oh really? I That's stopped. Like, I remember I, I stopped. The last thing I saw was the very first scene at the end of the season with uh, whatever his name is, Negan. Um, I never the, saw him. Yeah, it's it's like the memed out thing or whatever. The guy with the baseball bat wrapped up in barbed wire. Um, I saw that scene, and then I haven't seen anything going beyond that. So that's oh, like okay. a few seasons back at this point. And I don't intend to watch it. <laughs> like, sure. It, it kind of ran its course for me. Yeah, yeah. I just I have one more note on this before. I don't know how much we're going to go into this. But I will tell you that I think we get literally top maybe two lines Danny ever says. In the show, mm, well, please. When she says, "Shall we begin to Tyrion?" Mm. It is such a badass moment for me. Like she's been kind of boring and slow for a lot of the show, but like I, I get excited when I was like, when all like the pieces are there, and you know she's gonna start doing war, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's go get some." Mm. And I thought that was such a cool part of the show when they're like walking through the uh, the painted table with like the dragon, uh, you know, stone carved in the background. I, I really enjoyed that. The Dragonstone Castle section was really cool. It's very cool. The uh, I think it probably would have been in contention for my favorite moment of the show. I marked it as my least favorite moment of the show oh, um, man. for nothing that Daenerys does. I think all of her stuff is great. And yeah, okay, the that, that very last line is, is oh. awesome. That her little homecoming is very cool. Um, my problem is, it's the most unrealistic thing in the episode. In an episode when we find actual <laughs> literal Ed Sheeran in the middle of the Riverlands, the fact that there are no squatters in this castle, like it's been abandoned for probably a year, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, the people would have been in that castle. Like, and I'm not saying like, okay, they see a hundred ships, they clear out, but that castle would have been full of human shit and a bunch of like bones and stuff like day three guaranteed. But yeah. no, everything's, everything's intact. Cause they didn't unlock a door. They just opened it. They just pushed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I thought that was silly. That was a little ridiculous. So, but at least Tony, uh, mm. all is not lost for one of your favorite characters. Sir Pounce. Uh, Sir Jorah. <laughs> Sir Jorah. Not looking uh, great, but well, he's we don't, back. We don't see him. We oh. see his, we, we hear a voice we assume to be him. Oh. Maybe it's a faceless man. Could be. Oh, Could be. I completely didn't even write that down, so... Um, we do, we do, I do have a couple notes on Old Town real quick here, just to get your guys' thought. What did you think of the, what I have dubbed the poop and soup montage? I thought it was... It, Went on long, too long. <laughs> too long. Fine. By like the sixth repetition, I was like, it it surely can't go again. <laughs> and it did. And it did. 
Um, and then Sam, this is something I remember kind of not liking the first go around. I'm enjoying it more again, seeing the the fun kind of uh, interactions that Sam is having and the mental choices he's coming to. But also the Archmaester. I, I you could a point could be made for the Maesters in general, but we really get a lot with the Archmaester. I don't know his name. Um, it's it's pretty rare I find in these shows to get a pretty prominent neutral character. Like, I think that the case could be made that he's pretty true neutral. He's probably more like neutral good uh, on the alignment scale. But it's a rare character trait because it's very specific and hard to do. Um, and I think it's kind of cool that they're they're basically painted to be. And we get a little bit of it here. In the next couple episodes, we're going to get a lot of it. Um, we stay at Old Town for a fair bit. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think of the, the conflicts that Sam has with uh, Archmaester, whatever his name might be? I think it's uh, totally believable. Makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Kind of I actually create... didn't I think like it. it. Oh, really? I, I think it turns an arc that I otherwise would probably not be that interested in uh, and makes it better. Because I, I found myself, as the this arc started up, I found myself kind of thinking like that this as, was just bored and not interested in it. And then uh, I surprisingly kind of liked it as it went on, which we'll see in the next few episodes. And I think a lot of it has to do with kind of that interplay between uh, Sam and the Archmaester and, and, and exactly the points you were making. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on board with, uh, with pro I'm for it. I didn't go ahead, Jeremy. I want to, no, what, what's, no, what are I'm your just, qualms? No. So it's, it's not a qualm necessarily. Is the thing I, knowing where it goes, I guess, it's too easy of a choice then for me for Sam. Like it would have been almost like this was the perfect fit for him. Right. I feel like that would have been a more interesting story. Does that make sense? How I'm explaining it. Like where knowing if he got there, they're like, dude, yeah, yeah, you're one of us. And he shows promise. They're like, yeah, we love you. You're doing great. Keep it up. Everything's going well. You're going to get to it. You're going to get to that level that you want. And then, then the choices that he has to make would be much more tough. When when it's like this, like you just feel bad for him, and you're like, "Fuck this place." Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a lot of the reason why I didn't like it the first time through. Yeah, it just seems like kind of unnecessarily boot campy. Yeah. Um, for Sam, I, I'm getting it a little bit more this time from it being an emotional thing, where it's like he. I think had you just taken Sam from Horn Hill and thrown him in here, he would have been fine. Right. Um, it's the fact that he's he's done these things and seen these things. He's here to combat something very real, and he can't get most people to believe him, let alone even let him work on it. Like, <laughs> um, and he's, so he's kind of got to go through all this. So he's seeing it as this slog that he has to go through, right. um, which it is. And so it feels even more drawn out. And we're we're kind of I think made to personify that, which is it. It definitely does seem excessive. Um, also. We apparently didn't learn from Harry Potter, and maybe we won't learn from Game of Thrones, but I would love to make the case to all librarians or architects of libraries, if you're going to have a restricted section of the library, um, just build a different room with a door and a key and put it there. Or if you must put it in the library... Do not put it in the back of the library. Put it next to wherever the receptionist security librarian person is <laughs> so they can see if somebody's sneaking into the restriction section of the library. Yeah, totally. totally. Uh, <laughs> seems so obvious. But I feel like it's, 
you know, libraries are so cool in general to me, like especially like old libraries in these kind of shows because you you have an excitement because you know something's going to be discovered because just in the sheer volumes, no one can know everything. But it's always comical how easy sometimes it is to find those things, right? There's it's a, like yeah, I grabbed the third scroll and it was the thing we all wanted to know for 30,000 <laughs> years. You're like, fuck, dude. It was like in the first row. <laughs> <laughs> the dragons exist but the real magic is the dewey decimal system <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah so i think in that sense it's like from day one you kind of get in this show where it's going yeah. um but i don't know I, I like sam he's he's a good guy he's entertaining and the the pooping and feeding thing is a, a bit comical but uh a bit overdone the um the library thing real quick i think i've never really realized that before uh yeah, libraries are, are very old libraries, very cool. There's this sense of like awe about them. So I'm adding it to my bucket list now to go to the Library of Congress and watch porn. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> In totally. The Library of Congress. What is that called where people just uh exhibitionists? Yeah, just yeah. Do, do crazy things in libraries. Yep. Leave your leave your seed. It's gonna be me. Oh, God, though. I'm just going to watch porn, Jeremy. <laughs> Tony just walked in with a just big old sack of oranges. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys got a microwave in here? Why? Uh, just wondering. <laughs> Do you want an orange? Uh, sure. All right, I'll heat what? one up for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm a multivitamin man. You know, what's vitamin C without the D? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hans? We didn't even mention it at the top of the episode. That's how bad I've been getting it with these, uh, with these freaking intros. You have a scone today. I do have a scone today. I didn't even write down what it was. What is it? Peanut butter chocolate chip. Oh, you doubled down. Was it so good? So, I'll tell you. <clears throat> as everyone probably knows at this point, uh, not a fan of chocolate. Right. So I did my best to to <laughs> review this from an unbiased perspective course uh per our duty as scone reviewers for this podcast and my complete unbiased opinion of this peanut butter and chocolate chip scone is that it tastes like ass (laughs) 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 now i took uh, there was a good chunk of this scone uh, a little little corner that didn't have any chocolate chips in it took a bite magnificent fantastic (laughs) you make your own conclusions (laughs) (laughs) You can see photos, if you'd like, at uh, Instagram, Thrones and Scones. Check it out. And, of course, thronesandscones.com if you want the links to all of our things, including where you and your friends can find uh, our episodes so that you can replay them to your heart's content. Just put them on repeat when you go to sleep. Um, you're just going to sleep through them. doesn't matter. We're going to get the views. Maybe we'll get some ads. Uh, it'll be a win-win. Uh, just... Just do it, you selfish bitch. Uh, <coughs> we'll be back tomorrow with season seven, episode two. And until then, you're down with T-O-T. Yeah, yeah you, you know, know me. me. I wonder if the peanut butter chocolate thing could be benefited by, like, you know, resifying it. So you make that nice gooey peanut butter scone, and then you just submerge it in, like, a chocolate ganache. Mm. Let that thing harden maybe a little bit. You think no. that that would help? Uh, No. I don't think it would. <laughs> I think removal of the chocolate chips would help. Now, see, we, this is an interesting. Now, I I've, I've been better with age, but as a kid, I didn't like peanut butter. Um, but I was into Reese's peanut butter cups, and I've heard that from a number of people. People who don't like peanut butter still kind of like Reese's 
peanut butter cups. So okay. as a person who doesn't like chocolate, do you like Reese's peanut butter cups? No. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't work that way. <laughs> it must be chocolate dominant then. Yeah. But uh, I will. I actually, the scone was pretty good. Uh, Jenna had uh, a bunch of them, and she was. She thought they were. She thought they were great from a chocolate liker. Yeah, a real true blooded yeah. American. And it was. Li- it was the exact same batter as uh, the peanut butter scone we made earlier, and that is that is in the running for my favorite scone of all times. Spoilers. I still think you have to do one with the bananas in it. Well, yeah, that's that's going to be the finale. You yeah, are gonna nice. do it. Yeah, nice, we have nice. the we have the materials. Are you the finale scone? That's gonna be my finale. Oh, I'm not you're, the finale you're, scone. That's your you're gonna bow out. Yeah, that's gonna be my my sign off. Oh, by the way, so I got some lovely feedback on our Instagram. Everyone was like digging our scones. Just so you guys know, we've been uh, killing it actually. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a week now. Yeah. Uh, what did they say? Yeah, just how great they looked. And I'm like, you know what? I totally agree. Yeah, the last bad picture. I won't even say bad picture. <laughs> but like, well, actually, it's probably that one from the store. The bad uh, picture? Oh, the one that was Hans's that was like random. Where it's like in the store? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was... at this point is nine back. Uh, and uh, from the point of this episode is uh, more more than that. <laughs> T- Ten? <laughs> oh no! I guess uh, I guess the bonus episode won't have a scone. It's very uh, just like to say, proving them haters wrong. Yeah. I would say on average our page We're is pretty haters. pretty good. Hell yeah! Until you get Hell to the yeah. science project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you can be forgiven sometimes, like I pull up the page and I, I like just look at the right nine or three by three grid. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this, this looks like a nicely curated Instagram page. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I'll go like one more row down and, um, and it'll get a little weirder. Did you guys see the, uh, the part where they're, oh, it's like Aria is posted multiple times with her see-through dress and everyone's like, that's fake. What? On our Instagram, Aria is like at some, I don't know, show or whatever. She's like in this black dress and you can see like an areola outline. And I'm like, that's like a very classic Photoshop thing to do. But it gets got like reposted on our webs on our Instagram like four times. And I'm like, okay. Not on ours. I don't think you can post things to people's Instagram. We're when we're following, like our stream. Oh, so you mean they post it and it just is in our feed. Yeah, it's in our feed, is what I'm saying. Oh. No, i I don't really check it. I should probably. Yeah. Just saying. I haven't seen it though. Those are those are those are not real. I wonder we should probably from an Instagram standpoint, we should have we should we should have probably been a bit more active as far as like liking other people's stuff and commenting to get people to to our page. But it's true. Um, although compared to what we're doing on Twitter, we're killing Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so killing it. Oh.